Property Podcast with me and Karen Owen and our new co-host, Michelle Kearns. Hello, welcome. Hi, great to be here. On the team. And we are going to be chatting today with a long-time contributor. I think you've been sort of writing for the magazine longer than I've been working for it, and that feels like about a million years. So... Yeah, we're here with uh, Jackie Edwards. Hello, how are you? Hello, thank you for having me. That's right, and uh, all your articles in YPN, they're sort of always talking about systems, and I always love, I really look forward to getting your email with your <laughs> with your article every month, so I, I have a little read and see if there's anything that I can implement, because I'm constantly bogged down in emails and admin and paperwork so we're just going to be having a little chat about that so first of all sort of why don't you tell us about yourself who are you what do you do excellent so yes i'm jackie edwards i am american so if you guys can't tell from my accent um i have been over here in the uk for gosh like 12 or 13 years now i am actually officially british now so that's exciting um but anyway so i got into property like six, almost seven years ago now. Um, I used to be an accountant, but, and that's what brought me over to the UK, but I didn't really like being an accountant. So I was on the hunt for what else can I do? How can I, you know, get paid? How can I make money without having to be an accountant? Um, I tried lots of different things before I jumped into property and decided, yes, this is the way, this is what I need. This is going to do it. Um, I, first thing I did was I, well, the first thing I did was try everything and act like a crazy person. But when I finally settled down, I was, um, I built a rent to rent portfolio. So that's probably what a lot of people will know me for is my rent to rent portfolio. Um, at its peak, I had like 23 rent to rent properties in the Oxford area. So I'm based just outside of Oxford. And that was kind of my, my, first plan was I need to get cash flow. Let's build a property portfolio that gets cash flow. HMOs get cash flow. I couldn't afford to buy them, so I did rent to rent. Um, over the next um, kind of few years, uh, as I built my rent to rent portfolio, I also started buying properties. So I own four HMOs now as well. Um, and I've wound down my rent to rent business to be able to focus on the properties that we own. And we're in the process of building a farm. So kind of that fast forward. That's so different. I wasn't yeah. expecting that. <laughs> Just throwing that out there, building a farm. <laughs> yeah, we're building an alpaca farm. Um, so, and that's kind of like one of those moments where it's like, you know, you're, you're building this property business and, you know, you want that financial freedom and all of that stuff that comes with it and you dream about what could happen, what could life be like. The properties that we own now give me enough income that I can just kind of pay everything, take care of stuff. Um, I've got everything with systems in place, you know, from having managed 20 properties with 120 tenants, putting all of those systems and processes into place to kind of manage a small team and take care of all of that, to now I've got these properties, I'm managing that, I'm managing the build of you know, a development project, basically, of building a farm with barns and all that stuff that comes along with it. So, yeah, that's, I guess, the brief intro of who I am and what I'm doing. <laughs> all right, so, um, so like I said, it's sort of in the long, rambly intro, we're going to be sort of chatting about what I think that you do best, which is figuring out ways to make people's lives easier. <laughs> yes, that's what I like to do. I think things can be so much simpler. <laughs> yeah so first of all like systems is such a broad term why what does it mean and what does it involve because 
when I think of systems, I kind of think of really complicated computer processes. And that's not the case at all, is it? No. So I guess, oh, that's a great question. So my definition of systems, I guess, is pretty much anything that's going to make your life or your business easier. So it can be, you know, those fancy computer systems. It can be as simple as like, what process do you do? You know, how do you, you've got a system for probably how you wake up in the morning. So you set your alarm, then you brush your teeth. And so it's, it's all of that. It can be as easy as that, or it can be as complicated as let's run through this amazing program that's going to figure out the meaning of life um and anything in between i like to stick on the easier side of things because most of us don't need those super complicated systems yeah we were talking at the beginning about um with encourage just before you came on about you know the difference between the systems and the processes and and how you know a lot of people they just want to get started so you know there's so many different systems out there and, you know, this is why we're speaking to you. So hopefully you can yeah. kind of tell us which ones so we don't have to do all of these. <laughs> yeah. And if you'll see, I just submitted my article for December, which was early. I feel great. Um, yeah, but two <laughs> days before the deadline. <laughs> um, so, and, and I kind of talked about some ways to, some questions to ask yourself for how to choose the right system. So there is no like perfect system for everybody. You know, there's so many different facets of kind of property investments and property businesses that you can have. And there are just so many kind of options of systems and processes out there. And um, I'd say for somebody that's just starting out. So if you've done no deals, you've got no properties, you know, a simple spreadsheet is more than enough for what you need to do and because I see so many people that they get started and you know you want to do everything and it's so exciting and you want to make sure everything is absolutely perfect and you're absolutely ready for it all and you go down this track and you're like researching what system you're going to need when you've got 50 properties and you know a thousand tenants or whatever when right now that spreadsheet is good enough even if you're not like an excel techie wizard you know you can write a spreadsheet that says you know I you know looked at X, Y, and Z properties. This is the data I looked at them on. Here's my notes about the properties. You know, so you're kind of almost your deal sourcing spreadsheet and then building up from there to say, okay, now I've bought this property or now I've rented this property. You know, here's the information I need to have about that property. And here's the information I need about the tenants and whatever that is. So that's where I got started, you know, six years ago or whatever. I did everything on spreadsheets. Now I was an accountant, so I can make some really cool spreadsheets, um, but they don't have to be. <laughs> don't have to be that cool and that amazing because the hard thing about really cool spreadsheets that do really fancy stuff is nobody else can use them yeah that's the worst <laughs> when somebody sends you their, their spreadsheet you sort of look at it you go i don't know what this means i don't know what like i don't know what it says <laughs> where do i put in the numbers <laughs> <laughs> exactly so that's one really good reason to keep things as simple as possible because even if it's just you in the beginning you know what if you get a joint venture partner and you need to send them you know, kind of a bit of information on what you're doing. And they're like, I don't understand your spreadsheet. So keep everything as simple as possible. Don't, your systems will change over time. So kind of what you've got when you've got one or two properties is going to be different from, you know, when you're doing, you know, 10 properties and two developments and whatever you move on to. So it's okay that you don't start off with the all singing, all dancing bells and whistles system that does absolutely everything that you pay, you know, 60, 70 pounds a month for that spreadsheet, or even I've actually almost converted to Google Sheets now because then everything's in the cloud and it's super easy to access. Um, so Google Sheets, Google Docs, all of those amazing Google Drive, everything, my Google knows my entire life, so. 
That's quite um, what you're saying about um, sort of keeping things simple to begin with. That's sometimes that uh, I hear a lot of sort of contrasting advice that some people sort of, you know, start as you mean to go on, you know, even if you've only got one house and one tenant, you know, act as if you've got 50 and get the systems right. And you just think, well, you don't need something to manage 50 tenants if you've only got the one single let. <laughs> Yeah, I think you should be spending your time, you know, finding that next deal because that's the hard, scary thing when you're just getting started is, you know, how do I do this? How do I make sure I'm not, because a lot of people are held back by, oh, I'm scared. You know, what do I say to this agent or what do I say? How do I negotiate the deal with this landlord or this property owner? And, and so you can kind of almost procrastinate a little bit by building the best system ever for oh my what God. I used to do portfolio <laughs> You know when you were supposed to be revising for exams and you spent all your time making a colour-coded revision timetable? <laughs> exactly. People do the same thing with systems. And again, you know, even if you're starting with Excel, you build the fanciest Excel spreadsheet ever. So anyways, keep it, keep it simple at the beginning. Um, you know, ideally your system, you know, even if it's your spreadsheet, will last you kind of six to 12 months and you can use that same that same kind of system or that same process for, for a while. Um, and then, you know, then you can see where you're at and move on to what's the next right one for me. You know, where am I now? Where do I think I'm going to be over the next 12 months and get the, you know, the program or build the spreadsheet or the system and process that'll kind of keep you into that section for that period of time. Um, ideally you wouldn't be changing every 12 months. You know, once you really get going, you, you can kind of last to, or more years at least with the same the same system before you need to look at changing so there's there's no need to rush into it and get the biggest and the best one ever because then you're just going to be lost in all of this detail of stuff that you're not even needing and not even doing so you're trying to you know fill out all their forms and all these papers for stuff that you don't have in your business at the moment and you're spending your time learning all of that instead of just doing the basics, keeping it simple and getting out there and finding more property deals. Is there anything you would do differently sort of looking back? You know, obviously you scaled quite quickly in terms of your rent-to-rent portfolio. So is there, are there any systems that you think you would have implemented earlier? Yeah, so I would have liked to have documented my processes a bit earlier. Um, so, you know, I did everything myself in the beginning. I, you know, I found the properties, I managed the refurbs, I found the tenants, I managed the tenants. As I was doing that, I wish I would have been writing down how I was doing it a bit sooner. And again, it doesn't have to be in a fancy software. You can use a Google document. So something that's easy to share. Um, uh, as you move on a nice, uh, a really, the system that we use now is called process. .st, I guess that's the website. So I always call it the process tree, but it's just process.st is the website. And it's a really great resource for kind of documenting everything you do. But I wish I would have kind of done that a little bit sooner because it would have made it easier to bring somebody in my business to help me a bit sooner. So as you're thinking about, a lot of us leave and we start our property businesses because we want this financial freedom and we want to be able to give up our job and you know we get stuck in and then all of a sudden we're like a full-time landlord and we're like wait a second i just exchanged one job for this other job and the systems and kind of your processes that you have is what's going to help free you from basically that landlord trap it's what's going to give you your time back and make everything easier for you so by starting to if i would have started kind of documenting here's here's what i do to find a new tenant so, you know, I advertise it here. I, you know, set up viewings like this. This is, you know, I conduct a viewing this way. 
and and just it doesn't have to be in like loads of detail it doesn't have to be like super amazing you know just some bullet points of here's exactly what i do so that way when you're ready to have somebody else help you it's a lot easier to bring them in whether it's you know you're hiring your own kind of lending manager or property manager or you're even if you're bringing in like a letting agent or somebody to help you you're able to say here's how i do things here's how i want things done you know let's see how we can work together on this and you've given them kind of a bit of more of a plan other than saying oh well i need somebody to find me tenants so just go ahead and find tenants for me and you know somebody probably could do it but they're not going to do it the way you want them to or you know the the way that might be right for your for your business so i wish i would have started that a bit sooner Mm, that kind of touches on what uh, Michelle and I were sort of like talking through about sort of things that we could talk about. It definitely touched on something that you said, Michelle, is like when do you hire somebody slash figuring out a system to do that? Is that right, Michelle? I'm like, <laughs> you said it a lot better. <laughs> yeah, I think the, the question was, you know, don't hire somebody for to do a task that a system could do. So, uh, because obviously, you know, rather than getting the systems in place, you actually then you sort of creating another job for yourself in managing a person, which sometimes can be more, you know, more taxing than actually managing a system. So at what point, you know, what things suit a system and what things suit a person? Yeah, great question. So that's where it really is important to have kind of written everything down. So I really like to to do everything myself first, whether you know I'm you know I'm not the best at most of this stuff, um, you know, and actually doing it. And that's not the best use of my time, finding all the tenants and doing all those things. But I like to do it, you know, the few, first few times myself, so I know what needs to be done. I kind of have an idea of how to do it. I can get it all documented, and then you can sit down and have a look at it and say, all right what what absolutely has to be done by like a person or done by me you know what can i basically get rid of all together so it's like the the dump the delegate the automate kind of thing so what can i get rid of all together what are we doing that we don't need to do at all in this whole process what can i do that i can delegate to somebody else and what is there that i can automate so things like rent collection easy to automate i set up a direct debit um, using GoCardless for all of my tenants. So I sign up for GoCardless. I send the tenant a link when they pass their referencing. They set up a direct debit. I punch in, you know, 550 every month or whatever it is. And then GoCardless just automatically collects the money every month. So, you know, you don't need somebody to go out and collect the rent or somebody to, you know, remind the tenants every month or somebody to even check the bank statement every month. I know I've gotten paid every month unless GoCardless sends me an email that says we weren't able to collect that money. So, um, and I want to just pick up on that point because GoCardless is something that, you know, they charge you per tenant, don't they? Or is it per transaction? So, you know, it is like an additional cost that if it was just set up to your direct debit, you wouldn't actually you wouldn't need to be paying that extra one. So obviously you feel like it's worth that extra cost. Yeah. People would say, well, direct debits just do the same thing. Or standing order, sorry. Standing order, yeah. So with the standing order though, you have to go in and make sure, or somebody has to go in and check, has everybody paid? Because that tenant can cancel that standing order anytime without you ever knowing. So it's kind of, it's like that time thing. So either you or somebody you hire has to spend their time reconciling everything and making sure everybody's paid. Whereas you know, I just got an email today saying, oh, same tenant every month. Thank goodness he's leaving. Again, his direct debit has failed. 
So I, I, but I know everybody else has been connected. I didn't even know it was the end of the month and that it was time for <laughs> to come through because I don't have to worry about that anymore. I just set it up at the beginning of the tenancy and everything is fine. Um, so it's, it's, I guess it's that cost, you know, of your time or of hiring somebody versus, you know, I pay two pounds per rent that I collect, which again, at my peak, so I had, you know, over a hundred tenants. So I was paying, you know, 200, 250 pounds a month to go cardless, but that was money that I didn't have to spend every month ticking off everybody's name saying has, have all those, you know, 120 tenants paid their rent. Okay. Are there any other things like that that you think, you know, uh, for people sort of starting out, maybe they've got a few properties, any sort of mistakes you think that are common traits, like people, things people miss out, or you think, do you know what, like your life would be so much easier if you just got that one thing sorted? Um, I'd say having a good process for, so if you're, if you're managing it yourself, having a good process for kind of finding and referencing tenants. Um, that's, uh, so many people ask me, you know, what happens if I have a tenant that doesn't pay or that runs off with no money and I have to evict them? And I think it's better to work on the front end of how do I make sure that I'm getting the best tenants possible that I've, you know, I've got a good referencing process for them. So, you know, there's loads and loads of companies out there that do credit checks and all of that stuff. So there's different ways of doing it, but making sure that you've got a firm process and you know, in the beginning, again, you're just doing it yourself, but having a little document that says, here's what I'm looking for in a tenant. So this is my ideal tenant and saying, you know, and it's going to be different for area. So like for me, mine was a young professional that was just moving to Oxford for the first time. They were generally kind of 25 to 30 years old. Um, they were, yeah, kind of a professional working generally in some kind of research or sciencey type field that again, they were just moving to Oxford. So they didn't know anybody. They were looking for a professional house share. That was what I was looking for. So having that picture in my mind of that person helped me when I went and did those viewings. And so I could say, ooh, that person, mm, they don't quite fit what I'm looking for. And again, I could pass that on once I hired somebody to do my viewings for me and say, here's exactly what I'm looking for in a tenant. And then when a tenant reserved a room, I made it super, super simple for them to reserve a room. So having that process, because as markets get a bit more competitive and there's more properties out there and more, you know, landlords renting properties, you want to make it as easy as possible for a tenant to come and live with you. So, you know, how do you collect that deposit? How do you, you know, make sure that they are filling out that application form? Is everything done on paper? Do they have to come back and forth to your office or do you have to meet them a whole bunch of times to do it all? Or, you know, do you have everything online or in the cloud so that you can just say, all right, you want to reserve the room? Here's what you do. You I had a button, you click this button on my website and you pay the money uh, for the deposit or, you know, you pay the money directly into my bank account and then you fill out this online Google form that has all the application information in there. And then from there, we can do all the referencing. So having a really good process for finding the best tenants and making it easy for those tenants to move in, I think is super great. How long did it take you sort of out of, I guess, a trial and error period to find what works for you? Because so many people go, oh, I, that doesn't work for me. Ergo, I'm just going to keep on doing what I'm doing. And But they only actually tried one thing and there's like, you know, thousands of different ways of doing the same thing. Yeah. That's a great question. So in the beginning, like using the referencing process, for example, in the beginning, I was like, okay, I got to fill this house. I did these viewings. I had little paper application forms and I took cash and it was all kind of a bit of a mess. And then I was like, well, this is way too much effort. And um, so I was like, all right, let's see how I can make it smoother. So the 
then I had like some Google forms that you could fill out. So you want to rent the room, use this Google form. Here's a little PayPal button. And then I was like, oh, well, wouldn't it be nice if it linked in directly with the referencing company that I used? At the time, I used the NLA for doing my referencing. And then I learned, oh, well, you can just give the NLA that tenant's email address and it'll send them the application form and they'll fill it all in directly. I was like, oh, that makes life easier. And then I was like, oh, what? The NLA takes ages because they're the ones that have to call the employer and they only call once a day. And if nobody answers, it can take like a week to kind of get that that employer reference. I'm like, how can I do this myself? And then I found Letting Ref, which is what I use for my referencing now. So again, it's pretty much all online. My team or myself have to do a little bit more work, but when we need somebody to move in quickly, things can happen a bit faster because we're in charge of the timing and, and when we call and how often. So yeah, long story short, it's it's a lot of, it is trial and error and seeing what works for you. And and again, what works for you as you grow, you don't have to have it perfect in the beginning. It, it'll get there by the end. And there's lots of different options. So just because, you know, so I go to like pin meetings and stuff and people would be like, well, this is what we do and this is what we do and you need to do it this way. You don't have to do it that way. There are lots of different options. What works for somebody might not be the perfect one for you. So practice, give things a try. If you're super techie, you can, you know, build your own forms and stuff. If you're not, you know, there's software out there that can help you make forms. And honestly, a big plug for Google again, Google Forms, Google Docs, Google Sheets. They've got pretty much everything for me. If you're doing deal sourcing and you want to put present presentation packs together, Google Slides, amazing. <laughs> and they don't have to be like Google Docs sheets spread whatever. The Google Drive is free, right? Yeah, so you, exactly. It's free. Cost anything. Yeah. At what point do you sort of think, okay, um, like you said, go cardless costs you like two hundred pounds a month, whereas you know, standing orders you could do it for free, but yeah. it would take you hours a month to you know scan through every single tenant. At what point did you find that actually, you know, what paying that two hundred quid is worth that extra free time? Yeah. So, and it's not two hundred quid all. It's like two pounds per tenant. So oh, sorry. Well, yeah. So, <laughs> once you have lots of tenants, then two pounds. So yeah. So looking at that way, I was like, well, two pounds. So I did in the beginning, I had them all set up on standing orders. And then I was like, oh my God, that's, I used to be an accountant, but I hate it. And I was like, I feel like I'm back in my accounting days. I'm like reconciling bank statements and this is miserable. So I was like, for two quid, it's worth it to, to just switch everybody over to that direct debit. So then it's, oh, it's really worth sitting down and saying, what, what's the value of my time if I'm the one doing this? So, you know, I could spend 10 hours, you know, plugging in all of this information and doing all the referencing myself and doing it all by paper with all these forms and, you know, spending 10 hours per tenant that moves in, or I could pay the NLA or I could pay, I've got a virtual assistant now that does it. So I pay that person, you know, 10 pounds. And then I've got the time to go and find another deal or do, you know, five or six more viewings in that 10 hours and potentially make, you know, thousands and thousands of pounds. So it's kind of looking at that cost benefit analysis that way for me. And, and saying that you don't want to jump the gun because I know you could say, well, from the very beginning, I'm going to start paying thousands of pounds every month for all of these fancy systems before I've even got a deal. Then again, you need to kind of take a step back and say, all right, what's my budget? let's do a little analysis. How much money do I have to spend on getting started up before I have any deals? And yeah, you don't want to be spending all of your money on systems that you don't quite need yet before you've got money coming in. 
Um, that works for sort of any form of outsourcing as yeah. well. Like what you were saying, it reminds me, I've got a couple of friends that have just bought a house, right? And they're doing it up themselves. And this house has just been nothing but nightmare. And they were supposed to, they, they, I think they budgeted they were going to move in within three months and have it all completely finished. That was about nine months ago. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, they have not socialised. You know, I, I haven't seen them in ages. All their waking hours are just spent thinking about what needs to be done in the house. And I'm just thinking, if it was me, I'd have paid somebody to do it yeah. like that. Because like that level of stress, my time is worth more than that. And I'm happy to pay just for somebody else to deal with it. Exactly. But it's interesting. They don't see it like that at all. They yeah. have to save the money. And I'm, you know, I'm just like, nah. <laughs> no. And that's a good thing to come, kind of come back and think about is what do you enjoy doing? So, I mean, maybe they love stressing over it and picking out every little last detail and doing all that stuff versus, you know, what, what can you outsource to somebody else? What can you have somebody else do? So for me, in the beginning, I did it all. The very first thing I stopped doing was tenant viewings because I, I was terrible at them. I hated doing them. I'm, I'm a huge introvert. So me having to like go out in the evening and meet all of these random strangers was just a horrible experience. And then I would get into like super desperation mode and be like, oh my God, I just need to fill this room. Ah, just take whoever. And so when I stepped back and was like, this is not the right process to have. Um, how can I, how can I do this better? And basically how can somebody else do this for me? And, and you can be cr quite creative in the beginning as to how you, how you pay for things, especially when you're hiring people, especially in your property business, because there are so many people out there that are just looking to get some experience in property and they, yeah, you can probably go to your local property networking meeting, get somebody and say, Hey, do you want to come and help me out with this for a little bit? And again, as long as you've got a process and a way of kind of making sure they know what they're doing. I paid, this is, so in the beginning, this was back when we were allowed to take admin fees from tenants, but I collected a 200 pound admin fee from my tenants. And I used half of that to pay the person that was doing the viewings and everything for me. So I didn't pay them by the hour. They, they didn't get paid unless they had a success. And I was happy to give them that money when they were successful because they saved me a whole lot of time and effort. And it made them really focused on being successful because they knew they weren't getting paid unless they found the right tenant for us. So you can be quite clever in things like that and figuring out how can I outsource? How can I get more people to help me? Almost, almost like joint venturing and partnering with other people to say, I like to do these things. I hate to do these things. How can you come and help me do these things that I hate to do? Because there are people that love to do the things that you hate to do, which blew my mind when I figured that out. I know, but my boyfriend and I are currently in the process of buying a house and like we're in the negotiation stages of like over numbers and stuff it's coming down to like the pettiest stuff right and I'm a you know I've got the agent being like oh um do you really think that you know that's worth knocking an extra 10 grand off and I'm the type of person to be like actually no you're right you know what just to keep you happy I'll <laughs> I'll pay whatever you want I'll just yeah <laughs> Whereas my boyfriend's like, no, you are banned from speaking to any agent whatsoever because uh, he, he will haggle to a penny. Yeah. Yeah. So everybody does it. it. He feels that he loves it. So like, if you think of that in your business, if you really hate negotiating and you could bring in a partner or somebody that loves to do it or somebody that, and you might not even have to pay them very much, you know, that's because they just love to do it. They don't see it as like a huge skill or a huge thing. They're just like, oh, I just do that. It's great. That's fine. So 
yeah, really think about what, what can you, what can you do? What can you outsource and how can you do it easily? And um, another thing is a lot of people when they're looking at kind of outsourcing stuff, they'll outsource the stuff that they think is really easy. Cause you're like, Oh, well, I, I can't be bothered to teach somebody else how to do this, you know, even though I really like bookkeeping. Really hate my bookkeeping, but I can't be bothered to, you know, train somebody else on how to do this. So I'll just keep doing it. And, you know, oh, this thing is really easy. So, um, you know, going out and, you know, sourcing deals, super easy. I'll just get somebody else to do that. Whereas really, if that's super easy for you, you should be the one outsourcing deals and you should outsource your bookkeeping to somebody else because there's somebody out there that absolutely loves to do bookkeeping. That is like a thing that they just dream about every night is doing somebody's bookkeeping. And yeah, they're going to be way better at it than you. And it's going to be a lot cheaper for them to do something they love than for you to kind of be dragged along doing the thing that you hate. Kind of comes down to the whole thing of like, um, do things that spark joy. I yes. If you've read that book or not. <laughs> a little Marie Kondo, yeah. <laughs> it applies to every part of life. <laughs> do I want to do that? Does it spark joy? No, don't want to do it. <laughs> and finding the easiest way to do stuff. So it is, it's kind of like, does it spark joy? Is it something you want to do? If not, then, you know, do you even have to do it? Like, again, can you just cut it all together? Can you outsource it or can you automate it? and make it even easier. Sort of the next stage, so for people who, let's say they have got over five properties, like edging towards 10, now they're kind of like, you know, they had the spreadsheet originally and they were like, right, no, the spreadsheet's working, the spreadsheet's working. Suddenly if they've got 10 properties, the spreadsheet is no longer working. Where would you say, uh, you know, would you say, uh, we're talking about cost as well. What are like the key points? So obviously uh, things that you don't enjoy are one of them. Um, but sort of having that you've got a different perspective looking back now so for somebody who's like midway through it's all going a bit messy is there any tips or advice yeah. you'd give them yeah so it does it almost comes down to you know what you like or how your business is doing so for me I probably could have still managed on spreadsheets the entire time <laughs> and was really happy what really forced me to move away from spreadsheets was when I kind of hired my first property manager so at this point I had like 10 properties 10 HMOs so, you know, maybe 50 tenants or something. Um, I, like, I, again, I could understand my spreadsheets. My poor property manager had no idea what was going on. Right. And it got really messy, like, passing that spreadsheet back and forth and who was editing it and what was happening. So that's when we moved into kind of let's, let's get all of this in some kind of system that's easy for everybody to access and understand. And at that point, it, it comes down to your personal preferences. There's so many choices of property management systems out there or just systems in general. So we ended up looking at a couple of property management systems, but where we were at that time, I'm, I'm a huge nerd and my husband's a huge nerd. And we were looking at these things and we're like, I bet we could build something better. <laughs> um, so we found, um, and we didn't want to spend loads of money either. And they all were like, especially once you get into HMOs, it was like a per tenant fee. So lots of them are like, per property, you pay X amount each month. But with HMOs managed on a room by room basis, it was per tenant. So I was like, oh my gosh, this is expensive. Where we found um, basically a, a base project management system, which again, there's loads of project management systems out there that we could kind of build our own system on top of. So the one we used was called Podio, P-O-D-I-O. And it was free for up to five users. We could kind of basically run our business out of that, share everything with our 
my property manager and anybody else we hired along the way and just hold all of our data in there for free. And we used that free version for years and it was amazing. But again, we're geeks and we built that all of ourselves. So if you're not, then you can be looking at some of the, the other systems out there. I know if you're an NLA member, they've got some free softwares, um, like Landlord Vision, I think it's called. So that's a great option if, again, you don't have loads of money to get started with and you're, you're just in that space. Otherwise, um, what is there? There's like Arthur and GoTenant, um, which are the other two that I know of, that they both do very similar things and they can easily manage your portfolio. And they'll also kind of link with different bookkeeping softwares and things like that. Because as you grow, there's no one system that does everything. Yeah. Um, even though they all like to tell you we can do everything, they don't. And you're going to need to kind of hook in with other things. So like your bookkeeping. So I use zero for my bookkeeping. I want to make sure that, you know, whatever I do. So my, my go card list links directly in with zero. So that all reconciles as well. So I know all my tenants are paid. I don't have to do anything extra. It links directly with my banking system. So I don't have to, you know, upload bank statements all the time. Um, when you're looking at, you know, like a, a GoTenant or an Arthur, they both link with zero. So, you know, when you're thinking what bookkeeping software should I use, you want to pick the one that's going to link in with whatever else you're going to use. And the same with, you know, what email system are you using? Does it link in with any of your other contact management stuff that you're doing? So how, how are you making sure that everything kind of fits together as well? That's really useful. Thank you. And I, you know, I think it's just worth like just highlighting that point that, um, cause I know some people use the, uh, go tenant for the front end of like dealing with tenants as they are coming in, you know, viewings and that sort of thing. And then Arthur for the back end of the systems as well. So people are actually using both. And I think it's a good point to say, actually there isn't one for everything and it's just click, clicking things together to make it fit for you. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And you can have most of them have kind of a free trial period. So you can have a little play around, try it out, see what works for you, what it has, what it doesn't have. And then there's, if you're really geeky, there's another tool called Zapier or Zapier. I don't know. And it basically like links everything else together. So you can like set up these zaps that are like, if this happens in this system, then do this over here in this system. And you can do that across pretty much every platform. It's amazing. And you can set it up to like, so we use signable for our uh, electric contract signatures and everything. So we could have it set up in Podio that if we hit this button, it would send them a contract and then it would set up their payment automatically. And then it would send these three special emails to them and at different dates. And then once they've signed their contract, it would do this, 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 and this. And it was absolutely amazing. So yeah. There's so many cool things you can do if you're really- Did you, stuff. when you were like building that system, did you sit down and go, okay, so when this happens, this needs to happen. When this, and when that happens, this needs to happen. Or was it more of a case of like that thing happened, then you just be like, oh wait, that'll be really useful if that could link to that. How do yeah. I do that? Yeah, so it's more that second one. So that's, again, it's almost why you should do everything yourself first. So I would do it and be like, oh, that was really cool. And then I'd be like, oh, it'd be even cooler if it did this then. And, and so like I built all of this out over time. So it didn't all happen in like mm. three months or 12 months even. It was kind of almost a constantly growing thing where I was like, okay, you know, what do I do? These tenants are always, you know, never reporting any maintenance issues. How can I make this easier? And how can I make it easier for the tenants to report maintenance issues? Okay, how about I do this, this, and this? And we'll set up this little system and process here. 
So as you, you use for that, by the way, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Michelle wants to, <laughs> wants to pick your brains, I think. Yeah. So for tenants reporting maintenance, we, um, did we do, we sent, uh, we sent out a text message every month. So we use a program called click send and it does basically mass um, text messages. So we can send out a little text survey. That's like, you know, you know how you get a text message after you've called like Vodafone or somebody. It's like, how was our service? So every month it would automatically send the tenants a message that says, you know, how happy are you? Is there any maintenance that needs doing? And would you refer us to a friend? Now, out of hundred and some tenants, we'd get maybe 10 responses every month. So really low, sometimes not even that many, very low response rate. But if a tenant was like, had this maintenance issue that was bugging them for ages, they told us about it in that text message. So it really helped. On the bottom of all of our email signatures, it had a little link to a form that said, if you have a maintenance request, push this button and they could fill out the little form online. Um, so it was just kind of there telling them constantly, just tell us, just tell us if you've got an issue. Um, I think as we kind of like come to a close, cause we've been on the call for about half an hour, 40 minutes or so. Um, what would you say your sort of top five tips or programs or books or whatever that you would recommend for anybody who kind of wants to, you know, try try something out or learn a little bit more about sort of yeah. everything. Top five recommendations Top of five anything things. and everything. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, you said books. So the first thing is a book, The E-Myth. Um, I'm terrible with names, but if you search. Michael Gerber. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's an amazing That wasn't important because just, that wasn't <laughs> even Googled. She just knew that. <laughs> <laughs> That's how good that book is. But it's, it's really good about systems and kind of systemizing your business. And it tells it in kind of a really nice little story way. So you can see how important it is and, and just some really good ideas in there. So The E-Myth is a great book. Um, I mean, I've already talked about it, but Google. Google, I just love it. it and I use Android phones, but just having everything in the cloud. <laughs> all, in, all in one easy package for where you can search it. So like I can just log in and like go to Google sheets and I'll be like, well, I know I did this sheet about this one thing, this one time. And I could search like a word that was in it and it'll find it for me in there. So, and, and again, you can share things with anybody that you're collaborating with. So if you've got joint venture partners, um, you know, investors, team members, it's so, so easy to kind of share and collaborate and see changes and track things that way. So, um, I, I prefer Google, but if there's some other, I don't think there's anything as good as Google. So um, having that, let's say, so that's two. Um, your emails, having an easy way to deal with emails without having to get like super, super overwhelmed. We haven't really touched on emails at all. Um, again, I use Google for my email, especially if you're setting up a property business. I really recommend that you use, um, get like a professional email address. So, you know, if you're dealing with joint venture partners, you don't want to just be like Joe at gmail.com. You want to look like somebody that you, they can trust their money with. Or, you know, if you're doing rent to rent, you want like your landlords to trust you. If you're looking for BMV deals, direct to land or direct to owners. So having like a professional email address, I find it super easy to use the Google's business software. I think it's G Suite. G Suite. Yeah. yeah. There we go. They've changed names since I first started. So G Suite. Um, which will give you that kind of professional email address. It does cost like three or four pounds a month. 
um, for one email address, but it just makes you look super professional. And then on top of that, you can add a software. So I'll say this number four is a software called Boomerang, which helps you manage your inbox. So, you know, I, I use my inbox as like, here's what I need to do. So it's kind of like my to-do list. And if once you start getting so many emails, I feel like it just gets so cluttered and I'm like, oh my God, I have like a thousand messages that I need to deal with. Where with Boomerang, you can kind of tick that message and say, all right, send that back to me in three days time. So I don't need to deal with it now, but put it back in my inbox in three days. Or, you know, put it back in my inbox if that person hasn't responded in three days, because I need that response then. Um, so I find that super easy for kind of my email management. So I'm not overwhelmed every time I look in there, I can get to inbox zero, which is like my goal every day. So I can get everything cleared out and have stuff just sent back to me when, when I need to have it. I think my inbox was stressing you out. My current number is about 51,000 or something. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not of unread. Not of unread. I'm just like. Just email. Emails. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So mine only has, well, mine has my couple of tax ones just because I'm not great at doing my taxes. So those keep coming back to me like every day, just <laughs> anyways. Um, all right, so that was four. So let's see, what's a really good fifth one of what would I recommend? I'd say it is, it's writing down your processes as you're doing them, just so that you can be prepared for, you know, what's my next step? Do I want to hire somebody? Do I want to get a system? You know, do I want to buy a program that'll do that? but you can't do any of those things unless you already know kind of what you're doing and what you need to do. Yeah, I think a lot of things, just to sort of wrap up there, a lot of things we've talked about, uh, it's just about allocating some time and headspace to actually sit down and figure out, okay, where am I at? Where do I want to be? Where's the gap? And actually just like that process will identify where you need to sort of invest the next yeah. system. Yeah. It's yeah. having that time to work on your business yeah, instead exactly. of in your business. Yeah. And um, to people listening, um, if you subscribe to YPN, Jackie's articles every single month are full of various recommendations of programs and apps and books and basically everything that we just spoke about today will likely come up or has already been spoken about in YPN. So for further information, you can check out the magazine or I guess you could contact uh, Jackie herself, speak to speak to the guru. Yes, um, <laughs> I've got a website. I would recommend popping there. So I've got two actually, but propertygotogirl.co.uk is kind of like my personal brand. I'm in the process of making new websites because I'm geeky and I love that. So property go-to girl. And then if you're interested in rent to rent, I've got rent to rent academy.co.uk. Mm -hmm. So um, anything else to plug? Well, you're here. Oh gosh, so many things. I'm also on Facebook. <laughs> property, it's property go-to girl. I go live every Wednesday on Facebook. Um, so sorry. Out there, I spend more time there than anywhere else. Um, but yeah, oh my books. Gosh, there's so many, but Find me in YPN Magazine and you can find me anywhere from there. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. And, um, yeah. Find, yes. Subscribe. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for joining us. Um, thank you for having me. <laughs> thank you. Thank you for joining. And I'm sure we'll catch up with you again soon. Bye.